All right, folks, we're just two days away from the big game between the Bengals and the Rams in the Super Bowl 56 in SoFi Stadium here at War Media. We, as we've been doing the last few weeks during the playoffs, we're going to be previewing, you know, all the, you know, the big games. You know, we're doing it right here for Sunday Super Bowl. I'm Lakeena McGee. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. And I got my buddies here. Yeah, War, our own, you know, at War Media is Joe Tanksley. NF Bears NFL reporter Joe, where can I find you on the on the Twitter? Uh yes, at Batman underscore Tanksley, uh Twitter and IG. And you can also find me on War Media covering the Bears and other things football. Very cool. And our special guest this week is oh well, you guys know him. I don't think he needs really needs a much of an introduction. He's a host of That's Davis and also too the host of the Under Under Center podcast on NBC Sports Sports you know, Chicago for the Bears on the Bears Talk. He is Kenneth Davis. Ken, how are you? Where people can find you on the social media? Oh, you can find me at That's Davis on all social media platforms. I I believe I have that snatched up. Usually if they create a platform and I don't use it, I still go and I'll grab my my, my handle. So you can find Davis. me there. And I appreciate joining <laughs> Joe and you, Lakina. It's wonderful to be here with you too. Oh, we're happy to have you here. And before we get to the game, of course, you know, all the pomp and circumstance and such, you actually have had some pretty interesting interviews these last few episodes of your podcast. Your latest one you did was, of course, the one and only Hall of Bears Hall of Famer Dick Buckus, and also to the one before that is your earlier this week with Hall of Famer uh, head coach Tony Dungy. Now, tell us a little bit more, real quick, about you know, those last couple of interviews that you've done. Uh, Tony Dungy, uh, Tony Gill says, or and, and Eric Strobel. So I, I'm going off of what they say. I get a lot out of him that other people usually don't. I'm going off of what they say. I'm not going off of me myself. I told Tony it's it's called reverence with an older black person. You know, you pay him, you let them pay him some respect. <laughs> hey, it works. You know, that's, like that's you, know, you go old school with it, right? But I'm gotta respect like, your I, elders. Respect your elders. I mean, regardless of you know anything, that's Tony Dungy. When I was a young man here in the NFC Central before Tampa was taken out to the South and they made it the NFC North. And Tony Dungy was the defensive coordinator for the Vikings under Denny Green. Like, I mean, I, I all I did was with my family, we 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 ate sports often. You know, like I could go from the basement, which watched with my father to my grandmother's room to the front room of my great aunt. So Tony Dungy was a name that everyone in the house knew. You know, I mean, I mean you can even say prior to leaving Minnesota. Now they may have known him from his days as a player in Pittsburgh, for all I know, mm -hmm. but just still, or a coach in Pittsburgh. Because I didn't really, I don't, I didn't really think about that, and, and Tony Dungy was breaking that down in our first interview uh, that we did about two or three months ago. Um, but it was great because you, you're talking to the person that basically the Rooney Rule was made for. Like we, I didn't mm -hmm. I, during our first conversation, and I, I said that to him. I was like, "Wait, so the rule was basically made for you?" He's like, "Yes, the rule." I mean, that's why when you mm -hmm. look at that family of the Pittsburgh student, Steelers. And Rooney, I forget which Rooney it was. I, I, I usually have the name, uh, but I forget which the older Rooney that passed, uh, I, I guess, in the last decade. But regardless, um, so it means a lot, especially with the climate and you have the Blind Flores situation. And, you know, Tony Dungy's a mild manner type of cat. But you mm -hmm. want to know how do you feel about what's going on? And, I mean, sometimes, and I, and I find it funny on ESPN when the Brian Flores news dropped, a lot of guys was just like, I'm tired. And I mean, that's how I, like a lot of times, that's kind of mm -hmm. how I feel. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. it's Wednesday? 
oh, it's Wednesday again. All right. So right. It was great. It was it was great to ask him about some serious stuff, especially when majority of all the black coaches in the NFL almost coached under Tony Dutch. Like when he ran that list down, it was like I forgot, mm -hmm. right? Like I forgot. Mm -hmm. Like when you look at when you look at Allen Williams, the Bears DC, he started off quality control in Tampa. You yep. know, like mm -hmm. just think think about that. Like and I asked one of the questions I asked Tony Dungy, and I didn't think about this back when um when he went to Tampa or just looking at their sideline. I never watched their sideline. I was like, damn, it's a lot of brothers on that side. I never mm -hmm. I never thought that right. But it, what I thought, and I asked him this question, and I, this is let you know how the type of character he has, because I would have done the same thing. I said, you know, I didn't think I didn't think about what I just said to you guys. I didn't think you had a lot of brothers on your sideline, but clearly you had a sideline full of brothers. One, you did that on purpose, of course. And he went into it, but he said the first thing he stopped, he said, you know, people, I want to say this, people are getting on Mike Tomlin. I believe maybe perhaps Mike Tomlin hasn't had a black OC or DC. Which he should have had one by now. I'm just gonna be open with you, but mm -hmm. because I mean, if we get in those spots and don't, and I'm and I'm not saying Tomlin is purposely doing that. It could also be an issue where, hey, only so many of you bugs can get up, can get up in here, and that's usually how it is. Close the door. Close the door. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but he 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 went to protect Tomlin as you do with your friends and your as, as your mentees. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as he wasn't taking a shot at him, but he said I was very deliberate. And filling out my 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 my, my uh, coaching staff with brothers, and look at what it did. And like again, you still have to hire those gentlemen, so you still need owners open minded mm -hmm. to hire them. And I'm not asking for handouts; I'm asking truly merit based. But you still need to increase the channel by having more mm -hmm. black OCs and DCs. And mm -hmm. if we're not doing, but see, I, 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 now, not, but Mike Tomlin again set aside because Mike Tomlin has been in his job for a very long time, right? Right. But if you're mm -hmm. a new coach and you don't have this, as 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 the equity that a Tomlin has, perhaps to do exactly what you want to do, and clearly what they don't want you to do, because if they wanted you to do it, it would be going on uh, regularly. No, and today was Dick. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. And I was just saying, you know, we have three, even though the third one doesn't want to mention that he's black, but he is. Yeah, we're not that. That's kind of cringy. Well, I mean, I mean, look, okay, okay, yeah. Mike McDaniel, who's new head coach with the Dolphins, you know, caught some flack for some of his comments. You know, yes, his father's half, his father's black. He's half black, but he's considered so biracial, multiracial. I, I mean, okay, yeah, he's considered so himself human i mean look you're black honey you're you're you're, you're the very least half black like you, you could you could deny it all you want but you're biracial all right so again i'm gonna count as three you know I'm no don't count three. don't count don't oh, count i, him, don't I ca close the yeah. door to the cookout if he doesn't want to <laughs> be here i'm tired of it listen you if somebody tells you they don't want to rock let them go <laughs> like to me, if that's how he one, he's a human. He is a human being. I think one, right. we're all human beings. We're all yeah, human right. beings, right? I know. So I mean, you don't have to point out. Like I, I didn't pull up to the presser. Like, wait, is that a human being up there talking? You know, like I didn't, I didn't. And as Kyle says in the chat, two black coaches, one human. <laughs> one but human. dude, dude <laughs> one human. if he feels, if he feels that way, and he doesn't want to openly say that he's part of the squad. He doesn't have to be let him out the door. Like I'm, I'm, I'm never for coding on the people that won't, don't want to be held on to. 
here's the here's the thing with him though. I I, I think for me it kind of feels like he's picking and choosing. You know, just a couple of weeks later he was like, "Oh, Mike Jones," and like mm-hmm. you know he's picking and choosing when he wants to. You know, almost like code switching in a way. And I but, can't. I can, was he Because who really says Mike Jones like that? Right? <laughs> True right? Think about it. Think about it. Think about True it. Indeed. Really, if it was some, like when you're on social media and somebody's like Mike Jones, usually it's not one of us, right? Usually, it's, <laughs> you know, it's usually something like I'm just and I'm just talking about social media. Like usually, right. It's like it, like it's a it's a clip that's out there a lot, and I don't know mm-hmm. if it was exactly Mike Jones, but it's like a, a brother and a sister. And I don't know if they arguing, but they out in the streets. And they say something to this white boy walk past, and he does like I a whole clip. verse of Mike clip. Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he I does a whole verse. Like usually, with someone it inserts Mike Jones, it's not a see. That's when we should have known. Hey, I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> I, did, I didn't even know he was biracial back when he did that. To be honest, uh, yeah, me right? neither. Me neither. So to me, it came off as I because Tony's the first person to put me on to him. I said then, I said he's really giving me too many Pete Davidson vibes, right? Too many mm. Pete Davidson. Uh, I, I was, I was like, I didn't want him. I was good. I didn't, I didn't want him. And my my man, he went full go today right but yeah. hey, let him let him do what he wants to do man but to see the thing is this remember he said that because when he wants to creep his ass back into the cookout mm-hmm. hold on, like that's because sooner or later he's he's gonna try to use that to his advantage in my opinion but i'm again i'm not holding on to the bro but he don't want to be here let his ass go but and, and that and that's the thing i i think you know for mike daniels and this is just me as an outside person looking in um Mike McDaniels, I should say, but it's an uh, outside person looking in, you know, like you said, we didn't even know he was black until this whole interview process was going on. And then this Brian Flores thing was happening and the NFL was like, see, look, we got one, <laughs> you know, and then he's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and that's what it feels like. Wait, 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 wait. You messing up my thing here. <laughs> I, never, I never drove down a King Drive. I've never driven down a King Drive. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, right. I need to protect my credit score, please. That bad boy went. When they found out, when we found out he was biracial, that bad boy went from about an eight hundred to like a six seventy. I don't care. We'll go Me like, personally, like seven, yeah, seven hundred even, even for even I would think, it, but okay. it's right in the middle. <laughs> we'll give him a little bit thirty-one right. points, but right. Yeah, but uh, but also too, you know, getting off that subject, you also interviewed uh, the great Dick Butkus, uh, and you actually you know you actually learned something pretty interesting about how you know he's a great Twitter uh, tweeter and everything, but you actually have some little insights on you know the the, the kind of it is it is really him, folks. It is really him, but you know I'll let yeah. you explain it. Um, Adam Hogue, our Bears Insider for NBC Sports Chicago. Make sure you check out the My Teams app to read his articles and Alex Shapiro's. Um, and everybody over there, uh, it, you know, we got our man on the ones and twos here that works the desk over at NBC, Kyle. Um, he Adam asked him, and he came out and said that it's him and his son uh, that are doing it. And his son, you know, kind of, I guess, maybe brought it up to him. So it's it's him and his son that are taking those shots at Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I believe it's <laughs> Gretzon or nephew or whoever's on the Green Bay staff. But, yeah, that's who that's who's doing the Twitter. But I, I, I did ask. Dick Buckus about how George Hallis would feel about the state of the Bears in the last 35 years. And he said he'd be rolling over in his grave and just talked about how demoralizing this season was. 
And, um, you know, I, I was really just trying to gleam a lot of information from him that I wanted to know. Because um, I was telling him how, you know, when most of us, everyone here, when we were younger, if we wanted to get some information that we didn't have in encyclopedias, we had to know the Dewey Decimal System and take our bus to the library. And mm -hmm. now you have kids that have, I'm looking for my phone, you have this at the palm of yep. your hands and oh, they yes. don't know any history whatsoever. And it's mm -hmm. like, you got the libraries right here. So I was asking mm -hmm. stuff like, you know, I never see, I, I, I grew up seeing clips of, of, we've all grown up seeing Dick Buckus clips playing here as a mm -hmm. Chicago bear. But I was telling him how I never saw Bill George clips. Like, I, I don't even know how, how Bill George plays. I know that he, he was the first middle linebacker and that he came up off the line. And that's mm -hmm. how the 4-3 was invented. But I didn't, I didn't, I, I was just saying like, I, I want more. I, I, I mean, I want more. I want to know him growing up in Roseland. You know what I'm saying? A kid from the mm -hmm. South Side. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just interesting uh, to talk to someone who my elders, as far as you know, I thought about my dad, you know, would have like, damn, that's Dick Buckus. Like, that's Dick Buckus. You know, when we talk about mm -hmm. linebackers, mm -hmm. that's Dick Buckus. And he was he was talking about um, that he was he was doing this health conscious thing as far as with obesity. And it's funny. Check out the interview because he goes ham on people being selfish. And what he's saying is people being selfish as far as not living as long as possible for themselves and their family members and settling. Um, but yeah, he, he got passionate to say the least. Uh, so it was definitely a pleasure uh, along with Adam Hogue to interview Dick Buckus early on today. Yeah. I, that's funny. Did you ask him about hang time? I remember. I wanted to. I only, listen, listen, I told him, I, I told him, I told him this Joe. That was appointment television I, on Saturday. Dude, it, it, it was right. It totally was. Wait, wait, did you, who was your favorite coach though? Him or Reggie Theus? I, I was, I was more of a fan of Dick Buckus. Really? I, I okay, think really? I was, okay. I think, I lean, I yeah. think I ring with Rush Street, Rush Street Reggie uh, a little bit more <laughs> as he was known Rush here in Street Chicago. Reggie. Yes. Um, but but I, I told him because I couldn't because he's in California now. He lives in California. Mm -hmm. And I like, look, you have to come back. I need I need 30 minutes. Right. I need 30 minutes because mm -hmm. I need to really run through everything that I've always wanted to, to talk, ask Dick Buck. It's like that's kind of my interview style. Like I, I hopefully don't try to hit on questions that everyone has asked. But sometimes it's part of the job. But I, mm -hmm. I want to ask him about Hollywood. You know, I want to ask him how that offset his future. I want to ask him about the hibachi that you stuffed the newspaper in. Uh huh. Uh, but, you know, like I want to ask him about that infomercial where, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to uh. ask him about so <laughs> many different things, get more to his relationship with George Hallis and perhaps get a couple of conversations that he hasn't told in some years. So hopefully, um, perhaps doing this all season, um, he'll give us an opportunity to, to 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 talk to him again. But I definitely want to ask him about hang time. I didn't. Have, I only had 15 minutes, and I stretched it out to probably like almost 20. <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Anthony Anderson was on that show too. Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. That's what I'm. But remember, because he was, he was Reggie Theus's yeah, nephew, was, right? Yeah. Right. Right. So that's why another. I was gonna say ask another reason why I was leaning towards. Reggie, because Anthony, he he was he was his nephew. So, because remember the episode, he was like, "Yeah, my nephew's coming to play." And then you see this round dude come out. You're like, "What? <laughs> How y'all supposed to play like that?" Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting too. I mean, you know, they didn't intertwine either because your Anthony, his character left with you know Reggie's character. So, because they kind of intertwine. And I, I'll be honest, the first time I saw Dick Buckus, you know, acting wise, was on My Two Dads. If you guys remember that show. He was there for like mm. the last couple of years of that show. So I kind of, I saw him for like the first like year and a half of hang time, but I kind of tune out because the show just 
the show wasn't very good. You know, but we'll get that's a long, you know, that's for another season for another podcast. Previewing, you know, you know, talking with Mr. Ken Davis from That's Davis Show and also to Under Center podcast on NBC Sports Chicago on the Bears side. Talking, you know, a little bit, you know, not just Super Bowl, but so much more. We got the NFL honors going on right now as we speak, as we speak on ABC and the NFL Network. TJ Watt has won, as I expected, has won Defensive Player of the Year. And we'll see if Devin Hester will get into the Hall of Fame. We probably, we probably won't know about that till about an hour. We might, we might be off by the time that happens. So do you guys think he gets in this year? I think he you know, should get in, but I don't yeah. know if they're going to be finicky since this is his first time up. But I, because just still how they may view special team players, but it's not a question that the greatest return person ever should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, I mean, I don't think we're opening the door and being like, all you return guys come in. But mm-hmm. Devin Hester and like about four more guys, you know what I'm saying, Mel Gray? Mm-hmm. Uh, four more guys should, you know what I'm saying, be allowed into the Hall of Fame. But so I, I think he should get in. But um, to Lakina, to a, to a point, I wonder if people will hold him back this year and maybe wait till next year or the following year. But I think he should get in this. Because it's just still too fresh in our minds, I believe. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Tank? Uh, I definitely think he should get in this year. He has a lot of people making a case for him. Uh, Deion Sanders, you know, came out and said that he definitely should be a a first ballot Hall of Famer. And this is an opinion that's when it comes to football and things like, you know, returning to football, a lot of people respect his opinion. And so, you know, I, I think they changed the rules because of him. You have to game plan for him. And, you know, he has the most return touchdowns ever. You know, the highlight from the Super Bowl, the, the 108-yard field goal, you know, missed field goal return. He has so, you know, the 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 the, the Soldier Boy song, you know, that, that, you know, became synonymous with him. You know, so, you know, it, it was funny. I tell the story uh, right now because my son is doing a Black History Project and he's doing his Black History Project on Lonnie Johnson. And I was just thinking, man, what if Lonnie Johnson never invented the Super Soaker? And then Soldier Boy would have never made the song that said Super Soak. (laughs) And then (laughs) we wouldn't have had Devin Hester. Devin Hester should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I will. I know, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Peter. No, no, I just want. I just. I agree with you, Kenel, real quick. That uh, yeah, I think they're gonna wait a little bit, especially since you have Andre Johnson and Patrick Willis and those guys. I think one or both those guys might get in, and because of the fact that Hester wasn't really a wide receiver, I think. I think Brian Greasy was like the only one that actually showed you know Devin Hester's real skills as a wide receiver. If you guys agree. So yeah, they just, just, Jay wasn't Jay. Jay didn't care for him at wide no, receiver. No, no, no. And it was funny. No. I had a good conversation with Devin Hester months ago about that, as far as with Jay and just his thoughts and how passionate he was of wanting to get in. So I'm definitely rooting for Devin Hester to get in. Man, he's definitely a cool brother. Absolutely, and I'm sure if he's if not this year, he'll definitely get in within the next year or two. He'll definitely get in, but he should I, see. Let me ask you guys this. So you brought up Patrick Willis and you brought up Andre Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. And they were at at times the best at their positions during their career, right? Patrick Patrick Willis, I, I think you have to still give Erlacher and even Ray some years before he overtook them. And then it was his. And then he retired early, actually, right? Mm-hmm. And Andre yep. Johnson really never had a quarterback, but clearly he was at one point 
he was a top three receiver, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. one thing, and I, I would use this as, as if I was in that room for Devin Hester, the difference between Devin Hester and even those elite greats is he's the greatest. They mm -hmm. are some, they, they were great during they, their era. He's the mm -hmm. greatest ever. So exactly, it, 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 he really should get in just off of that. But again, I don't know how they're going to go about in their decision making. It's just crazy how that works. Now, let's talk about the game for a second. Of course, you know, we'll have more updates on that. If it breaks while we're on here, you know, we'll give it to you guys. Uh, the big game between the Bengals and the Rams, Super Bowl 56. You have, you know, I know some people were, you know, kind of like, you know, playing with house money with the Bengals. I got four scenarios of how this game will go. Tank, I'll start with you. Where do you think this game will go? Without doing predictions just yet, but what's sort of your breakdown of this game you know what I, I think you for this team or for these two teams you got one team who 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 bet the house put all the money in put all the chips in and then like you said you know before the Bengals are playing with house money and no one expected them to be in this position and so it's going to be an interesting matchup you have the la rams who have been there before and then you got the young kids on the block and you know McVay's been there before. There's a lot of storylines. McVay's been there before. And then Zach Thomas, you know, the coach of the Bengals, was on his staff and knows McVay very well. So, you know, it could be some gamesmanship involved. The coaching, you know, is going to be very important and the strategy is going to be very important in this game. Um, for me, um, you know, I, I think this is, you know, the, uh, the arrival of Joe Burrow. I'm a Joe Burrow fan. I think this is his 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 coming out party and what he what he's been able to do in this short amount of time in the NFL. And I've never really, you know, this is just me personally. I've never really been a Matthew Stafford fan. And I I I know that there's some people out there that, you know, who's who who are trying to put him as the missing link for, for the Rams to get over the hump. A couple of weeks ago, he lost that game. Dude just dropped the ball from the 49ers. But Stafford lost that game. <laughs> All right. The 49ers safety dropped the ball. The game would have been over. So for me, I'm not really a believer in Stafford right now. So I mean, it'd be interesting. I think the Rams definitely have more talent. But for me, it's just gonna come down to how well Joe Burrow plays. And that's what I'm watching. Ken? Um, um, I I want Joe Burrow to this is my issue. I just totally disowned. Um, Matt, I mean, Sean McVay, after Tom Brady almost came back on that ass, right? They mm -hmm. sat there, and I, I'm, I'm with you. Well, I, I have more affinity for Matthew Stafford than you, Joe. Um, I remember when he was at, I'm not saying it matters. I mean, he ain't my dude, dude, but I don't root against him. Like, Detroit, Detroit, Detroit isn't good enough for me to really root against them. I like the city of Detroit personally. I don't, I mean, like, that piston stuff is kind of over. I, I don't, like, I probably have more dislike of the Knicks in a way than I even do for the Pistons. And the Pistons made me cry as a young kid, right? This is when I was first falling in love with sports, right? But it's like, they've been down so long. It's like, I, come on, dude. I'm, we're, this is Chicago. So anyway, uh, when, when Sean McVay sat there and was doing the dizzle uh, all in the face of the Tampa Bay Bucks, then decided because Cam Akers fumbled the ball when he fell on his head right before halftime that he was going to play prevent offense in the second half. And was it, 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 when you sat there and you had Cooper Cup, 
you had OBJ and you had Matthew Stafford doing whatever they wanted in the passing game, and he decides to go full. We just running and protect the score. And dude, th- listen, this man is unnatural. All right, mm-hmm. if he, Father Time still is looking for his ass, and I'm talking about Tom Brady. You have to. And I was sitting here, I was talking to Afton about this, watching the game. I'm like, what are they doing? You have to bo- drop him in a bottomless pit. You have to take the tallest building you have and toss it upon him. You have to send all types of bombs and en- energy spells away. Like, you cannot take your foot off the gas or the neck of Tom Brady. Even at this age, he can still do it. And Sean McVay almost let him do it without mm-hmm. A.B. or Chris mm-hmm. Godwin. So mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. moment, I said, you know what? I can't root for them anymore. But mm-hmm. I love Aaron Donald. I, I love yeah. Aaron Donald. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's coming from a guy that grew up watching John Randall on the Vikings and Warren mm-hmm. Sapp. And if you tell me I had to draft one of them, I'd had to pick between all three, I'm probably right now taking Aaron Donald. And that's hard to say from a John Randall guy like I am, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I love Bob Miller. You know what I'm saying? I want him to get another ring. Uh, you know, Leonard Floyd, that'd be cool, I guess. But uh, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford, with everything that he went through with his wife and when she was severely sick, being in Detroit. I mean, just, dude, being in Detroit is worse than being the quarterback of the Bears. Think about that. Like, just like, you know how bad it is? Like, Matthew Stafford wasted his life in Detroit. And I hate saying that because I like Detroit. I'm not a Detroit hater. I actually love the city of Detroit and I love the people of Detroit, right? Except mm-hmm. when they move here and they want to talk crazy. And it's like, you're not even at home. All right, like, we're, we're stays, you, you like it here clearly you like this right but when he when sean mcveigh did that it kind of made me still feel a certain kind of way so my heart is with joe burrow i mean it's something about joe burrow man it's something about mary it's something about joe burrow that either you're gonna love or hate this and i'm, I'm gonna get on that ship right now and just say i'm gonna love it but i do think i i know he took all that abuse from the titans front seven but man, these are some different dogs right here, man. And then the crazy part is one of those dogs comes straight up the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. oh, like and Joe, you know, Lakina, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. oh, oh yeah, you can't step up. Mm-hmm. He can't step up, and there's dogs on the outside again. This dude, and I, this is part of the reason, and clearly they were right to draft Jamar Chase. But this is why y'all got to go full Kansas City offensive line this offseason for Joe Burrow. Because y'all like, I mean, do you want him to blow his ACL again? Like, I mean, protect this man, give him a minute. And I think that will be that. Sh- Let me say this that should be the undoing of the Bengals. But Joe Burrow is special, man. And I mean, Jamar Chase, I, we don't even talk enough about Jamar Chase because Joe Burrow is great. But we don't talk about his greatness because he's this is his rookie year, right? Like, just stay like this. Sometimes receivers just pop through the door, but historically, it takes receivers some time to kind of really catch up. This is rookie year, and yes, they, they're teammates from the past, but still, he's stepping up on a whole new level, and he's playing like he's still in the SEC. You got to love the SEC. Well, the nine, well, the nine, <laughs> well, yeah, the nine sacks thing. I mean, that still kind of rubs me the wrong way. The fact that the Titans were not able to pull that out, you know, and the defense did their job. Now it's going to be a totally different story, and you know. We'll see what happens. We'll talk about that in a second. But we've got, you know, Vic, Vic Chosky joining us. He is the senior editor for Gambling for Fox Sports. What's up, Vic? How are you? Where can people find you on social media? What's going on? Pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me. You can find me at DocSquad33 on Twitter. 
All right, Vic, what is sort of like the hot bets, you know, hottest, you know, prop bets going into the Super Bowl? Yeah, so as you know, you can literally bet on anything and everything in the Super Bowl, <laughs> right? So, you know, what color the Gatorade, the coin toss, the, the length of the national anthem. So, you know, I personally definitely get in on those for a couple of bucks just for fun, you know, having some drinks. But uh, I'm definitely on some bigger bets. And so however you guys want to do this, I can lay out, some, you know, some of the bets that I love and, and the reasons why or you know, we can go down some of the offerings. So you, you tell me, what are you guys feeling? Well, for, yeah, for somebody like, yeah, for somebody like me, I'm, I'm not really a big gambler. So when I do bet, I, I like to look for value. What are some of the, you know, the, 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 the good value bets out there where people can, you know, wager a small amount of money and possibly get some big, big wins. Yeah. So I love that, man. And, and honestly, you don't have to be a big gambler to, to get in the game anymore, right? So the way I see it, even if you bet five, 10 bucks on a game, spend three hours, it's like the price of a movie ticket and, and you're just having fun and it just uh, elevates the night a little bit, right? But mm -hmm. to your point, I actually would look at the Super Bowl MVP market because there's a nice little payout there if you can pick a long shot. And, you know, as we've seen in games past, a lot of things can happen and crazy things happen, especially in the Super Bowl. So, mm -hmm. you know, take Von Miller, for example, to answer your question, that's a guy that I think might be worth sprinkling a couple of bucks. You can get him at some places, 40 or 50 to one to win Super Bowl MVP. So he's won MVP in the past. As Kenneth and you guys talked about, their Cincinnati Bengals O-line is a disaster and the Rams have the best D-line in the game. So if Von Miller forces uh, a couple of fumbles, gets a touchdown return, dominates just like he's been doing in the playoffs, a $10 bet can turn into a four or $500 lotto ticket, right? So, you know, that's one of the long shots that I would definitely look at if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. hmm. Can he get any like... I don't think Devin has to get, get this guy in, y'all. Somebody just text me. Are you serious? Really? Yeah, somebody just okay. hit me up. It was like right. they they f they f Devin over my buddy. Somebody just texted me. Shout out to Phil Latosha <laughs> from TTNL. Yeah, so I don't from that text. I don't think maybe he got in. I could. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, what's up, Vic? What's going on, man? Always funny talking. Yeah, that's disappointing because obviously he's the goat and. Literally, they changed the rules of the league for this guy. And so if that doesn't mm -hmm. tell you something that he is the best at that position, I don't know what does, right? So I, I hope you're wrong. I hope the texture is wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Oh. Listen, I hope I'm hope I'm I hope I'm wrong. So <laughs> or like they're still like revealing the names or something. Perhaps, you know? perhaps. Right. But uh, knowing knowing this text, I he, he it probably may be right. But look, right. let's go with um, let's go with the best value. Oh, I don't know if you went into the best value bets just now. Sure. Uh, so if you did, let's go into the bets that you dislike the most and why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that the Von Miller one's one of my like long shot bets that I love. Now I'll tell you a couple of bets that I've already made, but I'll premise that by saying I had the Bengals to win the Super Bowl before the playoffs started. So I got them at a really, really nice price. And so that changes my mind a little bit personally as to like how I'm going to bet the game, right? So just to ensure that I win some money, I'm probably going to take a little bit of money on the Rams. And then that way I make sure I come out on top in this game, right? And so that's just when it comes to the game itself. I can lay out a couple of my favorite bets for you guys, give you a couple of reasons why, but 
everyone's talking about, obviously, the Bengals O-line against this Rams D-line, right? It's the biggest mm-hmm. mismatch there is. And, of course, the Bengals know this. They're going to try to do something to combat this. They're not just going to drop this guy back and get him killed, right? And, and hopefully. Mm-hmm. And so how are some ways we can do that? Get the ball out quickly. Screens. Dump to your running backs. Running back. Them, mm-hmm. Right? And so the backs have been used a lot. And so those are two of my favorite prop bets that I like is – I actually like Joe Mixon to have over 25 and a half receiving yards and P Ryan to have over nine and a half receiving yards. So again, they're going to use the running backs. They're going to use the screen game. If they're back in the second half and they're going to have to come back, if the team's playing a prevent, they'll get some dump passes. Right. But Mixon's gone over that number in five straight games. So I really like the backs to get involved in this game. So those are my two favorite prop bets. I also like Joe Burrow to have over 11 and a half yards rushing. So kind of the same premise, right? He's going to either be running for his life or coming back in the second half. And he's a super athletic dude. So if they do get pressure on him consistently, he can't find someone downfield. He might just take off and have a couple of runs, right? So, you know, 11 and a half, again, seems like a very reasonable value bet to me, you know, where I, I realistically think all three of those guys can hit those maybe in the early second half. And so I'm always looking for an edge, kind of like Joe said, like where can you find the value? So you got to dig deep through all of these numbers, right? So those are three that I really like. Another one on the Rams side I like is Sony Michelle over 16 and a half rushing yards. So hmm. low number. Again, I think McVay comes out conservative in the first half. He did that in the last Super Bowl, run the ball. Yes, Cam Akers is back, but again, he's coming off of a big injury. I think we're going to see a steady dose of both running backs. And so 16 and a half yards again. And if they're up in the second half, what are they going to do? They're going to run the ball. So Mm -hmm. Stafford's been really, really loose with the ball all season long. Yes, he's been doing really well in the playoffs. But I think McVay is going to try to just play conservative. He knows that they're going to dominate the trenches. If they can just get up a little bit and run the football to put the game away, that's another reason why I like Sonny Michelle, 16 and a half yards. And then Cooper Cup. Everybody's on Cooper Cup for everything, right? He's mm-hmm. the most bet on guy in this game. I don't want to get into kind of doing what everybody does, but there is one Cooper Cup prop that I like, and it's over his longest reception in the game. And so basically, you're looking for Cooper Cup to kind of black, you know, take a deep ball like a a deep bomb or take a slant and go kind of thing where basically if you can get him to have one big pass it's over 26 and a half yards receiving sorry my computer froze for a second but basically a reception has to be longer than 26 and a half yards to cooper cup so i see him getting plenty of opportunities throughout the game on a couple of deep balls and then he's literally one of the best receivers after the catch right and so if he can just Take a little slant, a bubble screen, and go. That also counts as over 26 and a half yards, right? So, you know, those are kind of my five favorite prop bets. I did take Von Miller to win Super Bowl MVP because that was a nice little long shot that Joe was talking about. And, again, if the Bengals win, I'll be a very happy man uh, because I have a a, a sizable chunk of money I can win if they win. And, honestly speaking, the only reason I took that bet is because I really thought that they would win the first game. I didn't think that they would make it this far. I just thought they had that first game in the bag. So I I thought I was just getting a good number more than anything. 
and, and then luckily they've caught fire at the right time because because of Joe Burrow, right? And so it, it's going to be a fun game in my opinion. I also think if you guys are into kind of trends and, and those kind of things historically, first halves of Super Bowls always start off slow. People are nervous. People are amped up. Coaches are conservative. They run the ball a little bit. They have scripts, right? And so mm-hmm. the first half under is another bet that a lot of people, if you're if you're looking to make and, and you're okay with just kind of sweating it out a little bit, I think that first half under is another reasonable play for sure. Vic, now, can I ask you a question? Sorry, I'm sorry, Lakina, go sure. ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Vic, let me ask you something real quick. Now, you said that you took that Bengals bet because of how the odds were basically set up. They were favorable. Now, but you said you thought they would probably just win the first game because I'm 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 naive, but like my my executive producer Ryan, we had a conversation about you the other day, and I was like, yeah, we need to talk to Vic about some bets stuff. All right. <laughs> so, but the, my question is, if did would you have won? Would you have won any money from them winning that first game, or was it just still the value was too good for you to pass in general, and you weren't going to win any money if they didn't get to the Super Bowl? A Great question. Season. No, so I wouldn't have won any money unless they got to the Super Bowl, but I kind of. I watch all the games, right? And so another big thing that I'm into now is called live betting. And so you can literally, while watching a game, after someone else scores, you can then bet during the game and find ways to kind of hedge out of some of these futures bets, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. my bet was just on them to win the Super Bowl straight up. Okay. Uh, another bet I had, I'll, I'll give you guys an example, is the Niners to win the NFC. I had a huge ticket on them. Because, again, I thought they were going to win that first game. I thought they matched up well with Green Bay. But in that last game against Rams, I took the Rams to hedge a little bit to make sure that I won regardless, right? Because if the Mm -hmm. Niners won, I would have won that big lotto ticket. If not, I made a little bit of money taking the Rams. So that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing, the, the same thing here. Now, I have a decision to make. So the Rams are minus 200 on the money line. What that means is, Say you're a $10 better. You can bet $20 on the Rams to win $10, basically. Mm. Or you can bet on the Rams at minus three and a half, which means the Rams have to win by more than four points. If I take that second bet and the Rams win, but they win by less than four, I would lose both of my tickets, right? Because I would lose my Bengals to win the Super Bowl, and then I would lose because the Rams didn't cover the spread. So my decision is, do I take the Rams to the spread? Do I take them on the money line or do I wait in game and see if that number comes down a little bit? Like basically if the Bengals score first, I might be able to get the Rams at plus money to win the game. And then I'm just sitting on two basically lotto tickets essentially. Right. So there's a lot of like strategy involved. It's a lot of years of losing money to to tell you the (laughs) truth. Cause like everything else in life, it's a learning experience, but been doing this for so long. I don't actually make a lot of risky plays anymore. For me, it's more kind of finding long shots like Joe was talking about, finding some value bets, using statistics, and then trying to hedge out and use live betting to where I can at least make a little bit of profit or I can break even, right? That's kind of the main goal. Because if gambling was easy, felt you know, we'd all be chilling on an island. Yes. Like, we, wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't be on the podcast, right? Like, you know. <laughs> And that would be everybody, right? So, you know, to me, I, I really do think it makes games more fun. It should be used for entertainment. 
do not you you know use your paychecks on these things and trust me i've been there mm-hmm. before right and it's so but if you can be smart about it listen we all know sports it's kind of like fantasy football in a way you know especially this prop betting so if you're into fantasy kind of use your knowledge from that and get into prop betting a little bit you don't have to bet on the game or the size or the total or get on futures futures are fun because you can bet on a team to you know win the nfc win the super bowl win mvp and so, for example, like next year, I like Justin Herbert to win MVP. I think that he's probably going to be at like 30 to one. And so if you bet $10 on him to win MVP, you can win 300 bucks. Right. And mm-hmm. so he showed a lot of flashes this year. I, they got a new coach. I think they get better. Their offense gets better. They'll be more competitive. There was a lot of games that they should have won. And they literally lost on the last play of the last game of the season. Right. And so. Mm-hmm. To me, again, so those are some of the ways that I try to bet on games and and, and find value. But the Super Bowl is definitely kind of an anomaly. It, it's just there's so many things you can bet on. So I do go overboard and, you know, break my rules a little bit just to have a little bit of fun. And, you know, I'll mm-hmm. bet on the national anthem and the coin toss and what color is the Gatorade going to be and, and stuff like that. <laughs> Wait, do they have one? Do they have one for who the 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 halftime show people that haven't been announced are going to pop out? Because I'm feeling like Warren G. Um, oh, just yeah. a few. Like I was like, like, where are those prop bets at? Yes. Because I'm interested yeah. in those. You're right, man. So you, yes, you can literally bet on everything, and you can bet on stuff like that. So for those kind of bets, you have to go to offshore books, right? So okay, you're, you're talking about like Bavadas and some of these ones in Costa Rica, because the rules are a little bit stricter here in the States. Right. So, you know, for example, even Las Vegas casinos can't offer kind of novelty props. So they don't do the Anthem. They don't do the Gatorade and some of those things. So it's state to state. There's a lot of new rules and regulation because it's still kind of picking up steam here in America. It's not like around the world, but yes, if you want to bet on that kind of stuff, you can, but you'd have to get kind of a a offshore account if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So like I think for for people who are like new to gambling, like myself, I mean, what's what's the parlays? What's sort of like the hot parlays? Is gonna be is it more towards gonna be a high scoring game? Is gonna be a low scoring game? Like what's sort of like the the trend you know in, among the betting for 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 point spreads? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So when it comes to parlays, the way I think about it is so. First definition of parlay is you're basically betting on a combination of things to happen. And that's why the payout is a lot more, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if you take one thing, you pretty much put up $11 to win $10. I'm just using $10 as an example. But say you bet on three things to happen in the game, you'd get paid out seven to one, essentially. So if you put $10 and then you bet on these three things and, and you put them into a parlay, you'd get $70 back, right? But to answer your question, the way I personally do parlays is to try to use some logic, use some strategy, and try to find some correlation. So basically, what does that mean? If you think the Rams win in a blowout, then you might want to take the Rams minus three and a half and the over, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you think that they're going to be in a shootout and they're going to score and they're going to wax these guys. Um, on the flip side, if you think it's going to be a low-scoring game, then maybe you take the Bengals, right? And, and you think like, hey, they grind out a win. And, and so th- that's kind of my mindset when it comes to betting on parlays, but uh, a par- to answer your question, if there's a parlay that I personally like, I like the Bengals in the under 
I think the Bengals will keep it close. You can shop around and get them at plus four and a half right now. You know, so that's another big thing for just people that are starting off, like have multiple sports books, right? Create a couple of different accounts because one book might have Rams minus three and a half. The other book might have them at minus four and a half. Now, why is that so important? If the Rams win by four, basically you have different outcomes for both of those bets, right? And so if you want the Bengals, you want to try to get four and a half. If you want the Rams, you want to try to get three and a half, if that makes sense. But basically, you can get Bengals at four and a half, and you still get the total around 50, depending on what book you're shopping at. And so to me, I think both coaches come out conservative. I see a low-scoring first half at least, and then it'll open up in the second half. But to me, I really do think everyone's going to be on the Rams come game time because of – the offensive line, defensive line conversation that everybody's having, right? And so we've seen crazy things in the Super Bowl time and time again. But, again, I'm just riding the hot hand in Joe Burrow, and I think he keeps it close. And the best part about Joe Burrow and Chase is they can score in an instant. And so they can be down 10 points in this game. The game could be over. The Rams could just be cruising. They're happy to win. They're celebrating, and you get a backdoor touchdown from Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase in like a minute, right, just while the clock is winding down. So, you know, I, I try to take that kind of stuff into into basically my mindset too is like we've seen one – we've seen the Bengals get down time and time again. Every game, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase don't break a sweat. They have the confidence. They come back. They play to the end, and they have the ability to score super quickly at the end. And so that's why I think taking the points – is a valuable side in this one. Okay. You guys got any other questions for Vic? No, I I, I don't, but um, I will talk to you in the future, sir. I, <laughs> hey, anytime you guys want to have me on or, you know, I, I love yeah, having I'll fun on Twitter too. Out. So, Just... like, hit me up on Twitter. Anybody listening at DocSquad33, any questions you have, if you want to learn about gambling, all that kind of stuff, you know, hit me up anytime. Yeah. I love it. It's something that I enjoy. I work in the space. Again, don't go spending your entire paycheck on a lot of these kind of things. Have fun <laughs> with it. Try to think of it like a movie ticket, right? You go to the movies, you spend 10, 12 bucks, 20 bucks with some food, and you have three hours of fun. Here, you can watch for three hours, and you might win some money off of it, right, as well. So, you know, let, let me know for sure on Twitter. Hit me up at any time. All right. No doubt. Okay. All right, yeah. at Doc Squad thirty three on Twitter. That's fixed Twitter account. Like he said, you know he'll give you answers. Whatever questions you guys need, and remember to folks gamble responsibly. <laughs> that's yeah. sort of the key here. So thank you, Vic, so much for joining us. We'll 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 you know enjoy the game this Sunday, and we gotta do this again. Yeah, I'd love to. I, I always love talking Bears with Kenneth, and it's awesome seeing him blow up, man. Talking to Tony Dungy, getting oh. in on the show, <laughs> You said, how many jobs have you had now, sir? How many different places since I've met you? Have you gone to some place like you're like blah, 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 like all right, sir, all right, sir. thank you, sir. I but I, again, I always remember meeting you on that show, man. It was fun, and uh, I was talking about that this past week. I was like, I think yeah. I met Vic at Sports Feed. We did. Right? We met I, on I was like, I think I met at Sports Feed, and that like, ever since I was like, you know, we've always been cordial, always big each other up. Vic is everyone here. I always enjoy seeing you blow up, man, and keep it up. And I like I said, I'll talk to you, but man, really proud of you, man. And keep going, but keep running that race, bro. Thank you, sir. Same to you guys. Take care.
All right, you too. Thank thanks. You, thanks, Vic. Stay safe. All right. That's, we, a solid, that's a solid one right there. He is. He seems like a really good dude. So make sure you guys hit him up. You know, if you guys think I'd be a parlays, he'll answer whatever question you guys you know have for him now as we finish up here gentlemen uh you don't have to really necessarily say the final score because you know we tried that last year with bucks and chiefs and that didn't go over very well so just <laughs> just say who just say who you think wins and why can i'll start with you i want joe burrow i don't like betting against joe burrow because you I, this may be the only time in our lives where you can do that before he gets up some linemen in front of him. Then it's gonna be like, oh well, then just the Bengals are actually perennially great, which is that would be weird, right? You know, I was, <laughs> I was too young for, for, for Boomer Esiason and that run with Icky and all that mess back then. But <laughs> even though I don't want to do it because of Sean Bay, and it's interesting listening to what Vic said. I'll say this: if what Vic says that Sean McVay is gonna play a conservative, the Rams are gonna lose. I'm gonna tell you that right now. So, I'm because I'm going with the Rams because I hope that Sean McVay will wake up. But from what he did against Tampa, I'm sure he could. He's able to play the fool again. And and you have to score. You have to score on that. Joe Burrow has some Brady in him. All right, and you have to pile and pile and pile. So in hopes that they do that, or it just that they just hurt. I don't know want that man to get hurt, but he's just beat up from that that front seven of the Rams. I'm gonna go with the Rams, but my heart tells me to go with the Bengals because I don't trust Sean McVay. Tank, who day, who day, who day? Um, I'm going with Burrow in the, in the Bengals, and uh, and one of the reasons I'm going with the ball with, with the Bengals because I, I had the opportunity to listen to. Uh, a Joe Burrow interview, and I forget, uh, I forget who who was interviewing him, but he was talking about not taking this moment for granted, and he knows that he, he's young, and you know, this is a moment that people didn't really give him credit for being there. So it was not a given that he's going to get back to a Super Bowl. So to to kind of have you know have that kind of mindset, you know, 23, 24 years old, and having a whole career ahead of you. You know, he, he he's going to be motivated. That team's going to be motivated because they follow him. They believe in him. And he's going to get them past the ranks. You know, um, I, I just I, I just I just have a feeling like that. You know, saying I, I do think it's going to be a, a close game. I do think that he's going to get beat up. But I think he finds a way to get them over. The hump. I'm not going to do my predictions just yet. You got to, you guys got to tune in tomorrow at noon for second season sports on Sports Zone <laughs> Chicago that I do with our buddy Cindy Brown. But I will say this: it could be three or four ways this game goes. Either the Rams without the Bengals, I don't think that's going to happen. Evan McPherson, you know, not just another game-winning field goal, and he's in forever Super Bowl lore. Rams win, pulling away. Or Burrow, you know, does like, you know, like the, the a, a scoring drive that leads to a touchdown and they end up winning it. Those are the only four ways it can go. Now, either one of those scenarios could happen. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I know that I'm, I'm sure Vic's probably getting a lot of bets at saying that maybe it's probably going to end up being a blowout. I don't think that's going to be the case. But I'm leaning towards more my third scenario, my, my second scenario, and that is that the Rams pull away late. I think the I think it'll be a close game. I think the Bengals might get an early lead, but I think 
late. I think you know, the Rams are going to kick it in, into gear. Something happens like a Aaron Donald, you know, strip sack or maybe a, a Ramsey pick six or something. I think something happens that kind of breaks the game open. That's just, again, I could change my mind tomorrow when we do our tune in. So tune in, but, <laughs> so tune in. That's a little teaser for you. But, yeah, I, I think that's probably what happens. I'll say this real quick. I know some people have said that the fact that, you know, it's California and it's a transient state that perhaps the Rams won't draw enough fans in the building. Plus it's a Super Bowl. So it's not like you can just walk up to the window and grab a ticket like that. But one, the Rams did play in Los Angeles before, but more importantly, this is going to be the the most West coast Super Bowl ever. Mm -hmm. So even fake West Coasters are going to be rooting for the Rams once Dre, Snoop, Kendrick, Eminem, and Mary J. Blige pop on the stage. And who else? Because they're, they're going to bring some people out there, y'all. So I, I think <laughs> it could you could see Ice Cube. Like you, it's you going to be like. You could, see, you could probably see uh, who else. Like you said, Warren G. You could see like. You see Red and Ice Cube? Ice Cube? They're, they're going to bring some old acts out and probably some new. Um, so I'm just saying that, man, it's going to be it's going to be popping in that, that in so far. So I think the crowd will perhaps be leaning towards the Rams. But still, I just think I could be wrong. I think it's early. I think now that the glass zipper kind of comes off of Joe Burrow just for this this game. And I'm not saying he's going to have a terrible game, but just that miracle ride from LSU and then blowing the ACL and then coming back. I think it's going to slip off here. And the Rams should beat them. But again, Sean McVay's their head coach. All right. So okay. Uh let's just I'm just hoping that we got a better we get a better game than last year. Like as long as it's a better game than last year, which hopefully that'll be the case, you know, we're already like well ahead of the game. I don't know, Lakina, because I mean the offensive line, even though he has his tackles, is basically like Kansas City's line last year, yeah. basically. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't I think people Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I just think that Aaron Donald's probably gonna be like a man possessed. Like exactly. I, I think yeah, I think that's gonna be the thing. Like, oh, if he gets to Burrow early, like, oh yeah, it's gonna be, he might as well yeah. forget it. Ugh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and also, too, I it's find it interesting too, uh, Mary J. People are making a big deal about oh, Mary J. Blige is only doing one song, you know, blah blah blah. But let's remember too, folks, it's only 12 minutes. They only have 12 minutes, 12 to 15 minutes, so. I think people who are, you know, who are upset that Mary J is only doing one song, but you, you got to like, be a Dre produced song. Cause I don't want to hear let's get it. Thumping. Like, I don't like, well, I don't want to hear that. Like us Mary J fans. We like put that. We never like, yeah. We never like put that song on. Like, no, man. The dancery song. Dance with me. Let's get it. Percul- I don't want to hear that. All right. I want to hear real love. Damn it. All right. Yes. Oh, you know, so I'm going down. Give me some Mary J. Mary or, J. Let me get me in my fields if you're gonna pull it's, Mary it's, J. Out you know, you know, it's gonna end up being family affair, like Kyle, like our buddy Kyle said. It's gonna be family affair because, like you said, it's it, it's just a you know Jay co-wrote and produced it. So they got, I guess, they gotta keep with the theme here. Usually, these oh, halftime shows have a theme, like so they gotta, you know, it's Dre. You got Dre produce songs and. You know, I'm sure it's going to be. I know it is, but I'm against it, Lakeen. I'm against it. I know. I know. I'm letting everybody know. I'm against it. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Joe? You have any thoughts on this real quick? You know what? I'm just excited to see, you know, the halftime show. I mean, this is, you know, 
I'm a, I'm a Dre fan. I'm a Kendrick fan, Snoop Dogg fan, Mary J. Flat fan. So I'm excited to see him up there all at the same time. Um, so it, it, I, I'm gonna, I'm wondering how many times they're gonna, we're gonna hit the censor button, that beat button. You know, whoever's in charge of that, they, they, for NBC, I think I know they're gonna have it ready. They're gonna have that sensory button, sugar button ready. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. More, like Morse code. Okay. Right. Well, I, I got a prop bet for y'all, and I, I'm, I'm done. What's the odds of Snoop smoking weed out during the, the during the halftime show? That's a hot bet too. That's a hot hmm. bet too. The people. I mean, it's legal there. I mean, it's legal. It's, it's legal. legal. Yeah, it's legal. So it would, I don't. Yeah, you, well, you know, he kind of has to. I mean, it, it's funny, kind of right? I mean, it would be fitting. Like Mary J has a new album coming out. He doesn't have the catalog, but she, I mean, he has the name Death Row Snoop, right? Mm-hmm. So it's funny. Like everyone has this stuff that's popping. He may mm-hmm. like he may come out had a Snoop strain out there, but I'm just interested because he's he's the Willie Nelson of our generation. He should probably take a right. toke while he's out there. Oh yeah, come on. Look, it, 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 I'd be surprised if he didn't smoke a weed, but you know, smoke that cow. Smoke that sugar pack. Smoke pack. That pack. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> you know he that got might... the okay from Sugar. He got the yeah, okay I'll from say, Suge yeah. Get that yeah, I hope Don't so. even get that twisted. He, oh, his sugar cool now. They've been cool before. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're fine. They, they squashed yeah. that that beat like years ago, so I, I don't yeah, think so. it's gonna be a big issue there. All right, on that note, Dio, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scorpio McGee on the IG. You can also you'll tune to Second City Sports tomorrow and every Friday and Monday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Time with myself and our buddy Sydney Brown. All right, take where can people find you on the social media streets? Once again, at Batman underscore Tanksley on Twitter and IG. And you can check me out here on War Media talking about Bears, football, and all the other kind of stuff. And go Bengals. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can find me at the that davis show always uh under center podcast and my independent show uh, along with ryan bukovsky that davis that davis show and also we're going to do some more flip stuff and i'm going to start involving a myriad of uh you other people in, involved in that as we try to uh kind of re- revigorate and change up some of the stuff that we were doing in the past so appreciate you guys bringing me on I always look forward to talking to you guys in the future. Oh, look, anytime, anytime, you know, you and Ryan or even for the flip, I'm I'm there. I'm there. Okay. Just let me know. I'm going to hold you up. to that, Lakina. I'm going to hold you to oh, that you one. You know, I'm going to hold on my word, Remember you said it. Remember you said it. Hey, hey, I'm going to hold my word, Ken. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so of course, you know, award media, you can listen to this and watch us, you know, on YouTube, also too on Anchor, wherever we get your podcasts as well. So enjoy the game, everybody. Be safe out there. Don't overdo it if you are going to gamble. You know, let don't overdo it, folks. As Vic said earlier. So, so for Ken and Tank, I'm Lakian. This has been War Media NFL Playoffs Preview Special, the big game. Enjoy the game Sunday, everybody, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you later. Peace.